the rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. More consumer pain. Experts say there is no immediate end in sight to spiking gas prices and other inflationary costs due to global supply issues. Four Republican candidates for governor of New York debate with all agreeing to oust progressive Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg should they be elected. Former President Donald Trump fires back, issuing a 12-page rebuttal to findings of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot. President Joe Biden is the most unpopular president in American history, according to a new analysis of recent polls. A famed astronaut thinks UFOs filmed by the U.S. military could be aliens and or evidence of time travel. Consumers will be digging even deeper into their pockets. The price of a gallon of gas has already surpassed a national average of five bucks a gallon on average. And now Moody's Analytics is warning gas prices could hit $5.50 a gallon within weeks. Experts are warning that price hikes beyond gas, like food, energy, and other goods and services, have not yet peaked. Bert Flickinger is managing director of the Strategic Resource Group. He was on Cats at Night with 77 WABC owner and operator John Casamitidis. Flickinger said supply issues are factoring into price hikes. Baby food, formula, pet food, seafood, uh, canned food, canned food. Fruits and vegetables, uh, bathroom tissue, facial tissue, paper towels, pasta, wine and whiskey, cookies and crackers, turkey, chicken, eggs, uh, beef, natural gas shortages. Uh, Farmers can't afford the fertilizer that's gone up 200 to 300 percent. The Consumer Price Index rose 8.6 percent in May compared to a year ago. Gas prices jumped nearly 50 percent. Prices for food and energy also increased significantly. Many are hoping relief will come soon. Analysts predict the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates the next time it meets. Four Republican candidates for governor of New York debated last night. They pledged to undo years of one-party rule and focus on battling crime and improving the economy if elected to office during a televised debate. The field includes U.S. Representative Lee Zeldin, former Westchester County Executive Rob Astorino, and businessman Harry Wilson. Candidate Andrew Giuliani as well, the son of New York City's former mayor, appeared remotely because he is unvaccinated against COVID. Candidates were asked to give a one-word answer to the question, what talents do they have to share? Definitely not karaoke. (laughs) Okay, we'll leave it blank. Mr. Zeldin. (laughs) Uh, People don't know I'm a black belt. actually once won the world championships in sparring. Not something I've ever mentioned publicly before. That's the first. Mr. Wilson, blackjack. Mr. Astorino. Yo seré el gobernador para todos los New Yorkinos. I speak Spanish. Crime emerged as a major issue. All four candidates vowed, if elected, they would fire Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg over his progressive prosecutorial policies. And Representative Lee Zeldin received the backing of the New York State GOP party at the statewide convention, which was held out on Long Island in New York primary set for June 28th. Former President Donald Trump Monday issued a 12-page rebuttal to testimony and evidence presented by a House committee investigating the Capitol riot January 6, 2021. 
Trump accused Democrats of seeking to distract from a series of domestic issues facing the country. This 12-page document underscores how Trump's continued claims of fraud in the 2020 election and how the committee's work may be central to his potential 2024 presidential campaign. The committee has held now two public hearings claiming Trump was repeatedly informed that the election was not stolen, but continued the claim that it was. I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. That's Representative Liz Cheney there on the 12-page document. Trump repeats a handful of claims to assert that the 2020 election was stolen from him and rigged in favor of Democrats. A number of former Trump aides have told the committee that they told Trump he did not have a case based, in fact, in the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election. Well, President Joe Biden is the most unpopular modern president, according to polls. According to poll analyzer 538, 53.7% of Americans are dissatisfied with the job President Biden is doing, and only 39.7% approve. That's a new low. The biggest worry for many Americans is the president's handling of inflation. Here's single mom, Kiara Age, speaking to NBC News. Within the next couple of weeks, me and my kids could possibly be on the streets because, you know, the prices of everything keep going up. It's a lot. Like, I try not to get emotional about it, but it's, it's a heavy load to carry. The numbers are an average of dozens of surveys analyzed by 538. Rasmussen's latest daily survey shows that Biden is at a 60 percent disapproval rating and a 38 percent approval rating even lower. Biden's net approval rating is at negative 14 percent, according to 538. A famed astronaut has said that those UFOs filmed by the U.S. military over 100 times could be aliens and evidence of time travel. Brit Tim Peake spent more than six months on the International Space Station. During an interview with Good Morning Britain, Peake was asked about the recently declassified videos. Is it some sort of uh, uncrewed, uh, uh, sort of robotic type uh, object from another civilization? Is it something, uh, I heard one theory where a pilot was talking about potentially in the future they've developed time travel. Is it something that's come back from the future? Uh, So there are all these theories going around about what they could be, but ultimately we do not know. And the May hearings were followed by classified hearings. A redacted 2020 report shows that the U.S. government reported more than 100 sightings. The Black Voltho reports 144 sightings were recorded between 2004 to 2021. Let's check your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Nice day today with partly sunny skies are high, 79. Overnight, mostly clear skies a low of 69 and another mostly sunny day tomorrow, the high 78, but just a 20% chance of a shower midday tomorrow between 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. 77 WABC time check of 508. Well, more now on the House Committee investigation into the January 6th riot. Former U.S. Attorney Bill Barr under Trump testified at Monday's House Committee hearing that was investigating the January 6th Capitol attack. Barr claimed that even though Trump's inner circle and family worked to debunk Trump's election night claims that the election was stolen, Trump became detached from reality, clinging to outlandish theories to try and stay in power. My opinion then and my opinion now 
is that uh, the election was not stolen by fraud. And uh, I haven't seen anything since the election that changes my mind on that. The panel is delving uh, much deeper into what it calls the big lie, the defeated Republican president's false claims of voter fraud. The panel says Trump's falsehoods provoked a mob of his supporters to attack the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Meanwhile, the head of the U.S. Capitol Police said Monday there is absolutely no evidence that Republican representative Barry Loudermilk led a group of protesters on a reconnaissance mission the day before the January 6th riots to surveil the Capitol. Capitol Police Chief J. Thomas Manger, appointed since the January 6th event, detailed his findings in a letter to Representative Rodney Davis of Illinois, the ranking Republican on the House Administration Committee. This letter, obtained by Just the News, said that an exhaustive review of security footage found absolutely no evidence that the Georgia congressman did anything other than give constituents a tour of some congressional office buildings. Davis, who led his own review of all security footage, demanded Monday night that the Democrats who besmirched Loudermilk's name apologize and face an ethics inquiry. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland Monday endorsed a bipartisan Senate gun safety proposal as meaningful progress. Garland also announced new gun trafficking charges in an effort to crack down on the gun violence plaguing America. Garland said that a U.S. Justice Department strike force focused on firearms trafficking has now charged a Texas man for illegal purchases and resales of a total of 92 guns, 16 of which were later recovered in connection with homicides, assaults, and drug trafficking. The defendant was arrested last Friday, June 10th, and has been charged with one count of dealing in firearms without a license and three counts of making false statements during the purchase of a firearm. The indictment charges that the defendant purchased at least 92 firearms, primarily handguns, from federally licensed firearms dealers. Meanwhile, a bipartisan group of senators Sunday agreed to a framework for the most ambitious change to gun laws in nearly two decades. The proposed deal includes financial incentives for states that adopt red flag laws, more funding for school security, investments in things like mental health treatments, and an expansion of the background check system to include youth felony records. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said Monday the Biden administration does not have an opinion on whether abortion rights activists should protest at the homes of U.S. Supreme Court justices. That's despite last week's foiled assassination plot against U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh amid it being illegal. But Jean-Pierre added that President Biden condemns the murder scheme, even though Biden has not publicly done so. We have not weighed in on where people should or should not protest. Uh, We have said that all Americans have the right uh, to peacefully protest, uh, whatever their point of view. Uh, but uh, But that attempts at intimidation and violence are totally unacceptable and that they need to be condemned at any time they happen, regardless of who does it. Jean Pierre was responding to a question about her predecessor, Jen Psaki, declining to condemn the pro abortion protests outside the homes of six conservative justices. Meanwhile, the suspect in the Kavanaugh incident, 26-year-old Nicholas Roski, is charged with attempted murder. The FBI says Roski was reportedly angry over the anticipated end to Roe v. Wade following the leaked draft opinion out of the U.S. Supreme Court, indicating justices are poised to overturn abortion rights. 
Critics say the protests are illegal attempts to intimidate judges. Despite that, rally goers have not been arrested or charged. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser Monday ordered 51-star American flags to be displayed along Pennsylvania Avenue ahead of Flag Day, which is today, June 14th. The mayor said she directed her team to hang the 51-star flags as a reminder to Congress and the nation that the 700,000 taxpaying American citizens living in D.C. demand to be recognized. California Democratic Representative Nancy Pelosi has also been a supporter of D.C. statehood. Here she is when the House passed a D.C. statehood bill that was back in April of 2021. Statehood is also a matter of civil rights. The residents of the district have a right to self-governance and control over their lives and futures. And it's particularly meaningful that we pass this legislation just days after the anniversary of President Abraham Lincoln signing the District of Columbia Compensation Emancipation Act, freeing enslaved people in the district. Most Dems support statehood for D.C., but Republican lawmakers have argued that because Washington, D.C.'s establishment is based in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 of the U.S. Constitution, any change to the district must come in the form of a constitutional amendment and not legislation from Congress. Washington, D.C. residents don't have a voting member in the House and no representation in the U.S. Senate. D.C. taxpayers shell out more in federal taxes, though, than 21 states and more capital than any state, according to the 2019 IRS data book. Well, Russian forces uh, cut off the last routes for evacuating citizens from the eastern Ukrainian city of Sibirondonex, a Ukrainian official said, as the Kremlin pushed for victory in the Donbass region. The last bridge to the city was destroyed, trapping any remaining civilians and making it impossible to deliver humanitarian supplies, said regional governor Sergei Gandhi, according to... To him, some 70 percent of the city is now under Russian control as they fight for control of both the Donbosk and Luhansk regions in eastern Ukraine. 77 WABC time check, 515. Let's check in with Justin Ellick for a look at sports. Hey, Justin. Hi, Deb. Thank you very much. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. The Golden State Warriors grabbed the upper hand in game five of the NBA finals last night against the Boston Celtics. As a rare hero in Golden State's Andrew Wiggins emerged to put the dubs on his back and route to the 104-94 win and a three-games-to-two series lead, Wiggins registered 26 points and 13 rebounds on the night, taking the pressure off of star point guard Steph Curry in the process. Here was Wiggins after the big win. Being able to do multiple things, uh, you know, some nights it may be scoring, it could be rebounding, straight defense, you know, whatever it takes to win, you know, but the coaches, teammates, they all challenge me to you know, do different things. So, you know, it's exciting to be out there. It was an off night for Curry, who, after dropping 41 points and seven three-pointers in Game 4, went ice cold in Game 5, snapping his remarkable NBA best run of 233 games with a made three in the process. Again, 104-94 is your final score from San Francisco as the Celts will try and mount things back up come Thursday night back home in Boston. On the diamond, no action last night as both the Mets and Yankees were off. They'll both kick off respective three-game sets with the Yanks welcoming in division rival Tampa Bay and the Metropolitans set to host the Milwaukee Bruins. 7.05 p.m. Eastern time tonight is first pitch in the Bronx with ace Garrett Cole set to hopefully rebound off a tough last start up against former Yank 
Corey Kluber. As for the Orange and Blue, they'll get underway with the Brew Crew at ten, at 7.10 p.m. Eastern time with Chris Bassett getting the call to go up against Milwaukee's Adrian Hauser. On the ice, we'll have to hold off until tomorrow as the Stanley Cup Finals are set to get underway at 8 p.m. in Denver between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellig on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Partly sunny day today. Our highs 79 overnight. Mostly clear skies, the low 69. Mostly sunny day tomorrow. The high 78. There's just a 20% chance of a shower tomorrow midday, pretty much between 9 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon. Right now, 70 degrees, mostly cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. Frank Morano, standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after Wall Street plunged yesterday with stocks closing sharply lower. Recession fears sparked a broad sell-off that picked up steam in late trading. The S&P 500 fell nearly 4%, hitting a new low for this year and closing in bear market territory. It ended the day down 151 points. The Dow Jones Industrial Average took a beating as well, losing 876 points, and the Nasdaq plunged 530 points. Some Wall Street traders are betting that the Federal Reserve will take the most aggressive step in decades as it races to catch up with scorching hot inflation. While market consensus is for a half-point interest rate hike at the Fed's policy-setting meeting this week, the odds for a larger increase next month are surging, with a potential 75 basis point or 100 basis point jump on the table in July. According to the CME Group's FedWatch tool, about 16% of traders are penciling in a 100 basis point jump next month, compared to 53% forecasting a 75 basis point increase. Some Amazon customers are about to get their packages by drone, not delivery driver, very soon. Amazon said on Monday it'll start making prime air deliveries via drone later this year. It'll begin in California, and customers will have packages dropped off in their backyards before they fly away. The Federal Aviation Administration on Monday concluded a long-awaited assessment of SpaceX's Starship rocket program in Texas. In a press release, the FAA noted SpaceX will be required to take more than 75 actions to mitigate environmental impacts before the company can receive a launch license. SpaceX needs a license from the regulator to conduct further Starship flight tests and begin operational launches from its private facility. I'm Frank Moreno on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thanks, Frank. And looking at futures this morning, uh, bouncing back from yesterday. Yesterday's sell-off, the Dow up 125 points this morning at 30,626 S&P 500, up 20 and a quarter points. The Nasdaq climbed 94 points. Gold down $6.20 at $1,825.60. Crude oil up 89 cents a barrel at $121.82. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Abortion protections in New York State. Governor Kathy Hochul has signed yesterday a package of bills into law protecting abortion providers in New York. This legislation comes ahead of a possible U.S. Supreme Court ruling that would invalidate the landmark Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion. This is deeply personal. As the first female governor of the state of New York, this is a fight I am willing to take on. We'll roll up our sleeves and let people know where our values are. 
We're not backing down and will not stand idly by when rights of women across the entire nation are destroyed. The Supreme Court did not issue its Roe v. Wade decision Monday. The next day, four decisions from the high court is to be handed down, according to the high court's calendar, is tomorrow. These six bills signed by Hochul yesterday, all part of a broader effort to make the Empire State a refugee for out-of-state women who are unable to access such abortion services in states like Texas and Mississippi, which have recently codified very tight new restrictions. One of the new laws will bar law enforcement in New York from cooperating with out-of-state probes into lawful abortions in New York State. Another restricts medical malpractice insurance companies from targeting providers based on complaints in other states. And other new laws on the books will prohibit professional misconduct charges against health care providers while establishing a right to sue people who might inhibit access to such services. Police have now released surveillance video of a female strap hanger being beaten and robbed after ignoring a man's overtures. This 29-year-old woman was riding a southbound L train right near the East 105th Street station the morning of June 6 when she didn't respond after a man tried to chat with her. Police say the woman was hit, grabbed, dragged, and had her hair pulled out. The suspect fled the East 105th Street station with a woman's bag containing 700 bucks in cash, her cell phone, JBL headphones, and other belongings. Police have released a surveillance photo of this suspect who is described as approximately 30 years old, 5'10", about 160 pounds with a medium build, long black hair. And we'll be posting that surveillance video to our website, wabcradio.com. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Democrat out of New York, has pledged that he will get the new gun control bill onto the U.S. Senate floor quickly. Schumer's promise, a day after a bipartisan group of lawmakers announced an agreement on gun safety legislation following last month's mass shootings in Texas and New York. First time in a long time, the Senate has a path forward on legislation that will save lives, reduce gun violence, and keep our communities safe. Make no mistake about it, we have a lot of work left to do before we actually pass a bill. The group of 10 Republicans, 10 Democrats, Sunday announced an agreement on a framework for gun safety legislation. This includes enhanced screening for gun buyers under the age of 21, closing the so-called boyfriend loophole, which would ban people convicted of domestic violence against a dating partner from buying guns, funding to help states implement red flag laws, as well as funding to help bolster mental health and school safety programs. A Queen's jury Monday convicted Jagger Freeman of murder, robbery, assault, and other charges in the 2019 friendly fire death of slain NYPD detective Brian Simonson. Simonson died in a hail of police gunfire as multiple officers responded to the robbery of an electronics store in Richmond Hill back in February of 2019. Simonson's widow, Leanne, spoke to ABC7 one year after her husband's death. He had a smile that lit up the room, and I'm telling you, people just gravitated towards him. And I just miss him. (laughs) just miss him a ton. Another officer, Sergeant Matthew Gorman, was seriously injured with a bullet wound to his left leg. Ransom was shot eight times but survived, previously pleaded guilty to a charge of aggravated manslaughter and first-degree robbery. He was sentenced to 33 years in prison. Why'd you do it? Do you have any 
remorse? Do you have anything to say? The estranged husband there of an off-duty NYPD officer fatally stabbed, allegedly by her estranged husband, in the Bronx early Monday. Police say 31-year-old Officer Ariana Reyes-Gomez, who worked as an NYPD officer assigned to transit in Brooklyn, discovered dead with multiple stab wounds around 2.50 a.m. yesterday morning. It happened inside of an apartment on Grand Concourse. Authorities say Reyes-Gomez managed to call a relative before she died. The relative alerted cops. Reyes-Gomez's 34-year-old husband, Argenis Baez, surrendered to a neighboring precinct soon after and was charged with murder, manslaughter, and criminal possession of a weapon. The couple has a three-year-old son who was not at home at the time of the killing. The couple was estranged, but there are no prior incidents of police response involving a dispute between the two. Well, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, a former cop himself, insisted Monday he is not worried about police officers leaving the NYPD in droves this year, despite reports that departures and retirements are at record levels. About 520 cops have resigned so far this year, and more than 1,000 have retired. That was as of May 31st, according to NYPD pension data previously obtained by the New York Post. Adams appeared on Fox 5. New York City Police Department is an amazing career. You know, I know it firsthand. And we're going to find young men and women who are going to want to be a member of New York City finest. We got an amazing recruitment campaign coming in. This is a great opportunity to diversify the department. So, no, people will always want to join the New York City Police Department. It's one of the best careers you could have in the city. Adams touted the next class as well of NYPD officers and said that the reduction in cops isn't a big deal because the police department has more effectively used NYPD officers since he took office back in January. The Queens man accused of hacking his nephew to death with a machete gave a grisly step-by-step account of the murder to cops, admitting I chopped him up, prosecutors revealed Monday. Mejido Shuhandin, age 50, allegedly told police after the Sunday morning slashing death of his kin, 29-year-old Naraz Roberts, inside the family's Hollis home that he had had enough. And uh, the man held and uh, told cops more information yesterday that there had been a fight between the two and offered further details. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Partly sunny skies today are high 79, the overnight low 69, mostly sunny tomorrow, the high 78 with a slight risk of showers midday. Right now, 70 degrees, mostly cloudy skies. All the Rolling Stones had to cancel their concert in Amsterdam yesterday after lead singer Mick Jagger tested positive for COVID-19. The band announced that the 78-year-old Jagger tested positive after experiencing symptoms of COVID upon arrival at the stadium on the outskirts of Amsterdam. No further details, though, about Jagger's condition were released, and uh, the show will have to be rescheduled. Tickets for the concert at Amsterdam's Johan Cruyff Arena will be honored for a new date. Some fans were already actually in the stadium when it was announced that the show was scrapped. Their next scheduled concert is in Bern, Switzerland. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.